630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for checking in tonight. Senators and Flames about to get underway in Calgary in about an hour. It's the Canucks home to Toronto. Jets leading the Canadians 3-2 almost halfway through the third. Stastny has the go-ahead goal for Winnipeg. In the second period, Tampa Bay and Chicago are scoreless. Panthers up 3-0 on the Predators. That's early in the second period. Blue Jackets and Stars scoreless late in the first. Third period, Pittsburgh up 3-2 on Philadelphia. Hurricanes up 4-2 on Detroit. Rangers taking it to the Devils. It's 4-1 with 15 minutes left. Kreider has a hat trick in that game, now 13 goals on the season. Islanders lead the Sabres 4-2. Taylor Hall, first goal in 19 games for Buffalo, but the the Islanders uh, in control here. A 37-13 advantage in shots, a 4-2 lead on the scoreboard. Jordan Everly has his ninth of the season for the Islanders. Oilers were off today. They will practice tomorrow. They'll play Calgary on Saturday. That one, of course, is on 6.30, Ched, at 6.30 for the face-off show, and the game will start at 8. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. I was uh, just kind of a side note here. I saw an interesting article. It's on Pro Football Talk. The Baltimore Ravens are apparently going to propose a new format for overtime in the National Football League. Now, they have they used to have the sudden death, and then they changed it so that if the team who gets the ball first gets a field goal, the other team gets a chance to possess the ball. If the team who gets the ball first scores a touchdown, then it's game over. This one this one is, is pretty different. I, I'm going to be interested to see if it gains any traction. It is called the spot and choose overtime procedure. It is called the spot and choose overtime procedure. So how this would work is one team would pick the spot of the ball to start overtime. And then the other team would choose whether to play offense or defense. And their their proposal is that it would be sudden death, a 10-minute sudden death period. And I believe there's also a proposal on the uh, table, which, which, again, these are kind of reports. Well, they are reports, but, you know, sort of somewhat rumors. But uh, uh, that Bill Belichick from the Patriots would want it to be seven minutes and 30 seconds without sudden death. So half of a quarter, not sudden death. So this is how it works. So if let's say uh, Los Angeles and uh, and New York were tied, going to overtime, and Los Angeles said, "Okay, we want the ball to start on the New York twenty yard line," and then New York can pick offense or defense. Well, in that situation, they're going to pick offense because they're not going to want LA to start with the ball, um, you know, on their own twenty. <laughs> And so then they could try to drive down the ball, get close enough for a field goal or score a touchdown and win a game. And LA is thinking, okay, if we stop them, we get them to punt and then maybe we get it around midfield and then we don't have to get, go very far to get the field goal to win the game. This is an interesting one. Um, I wonder just trying to, because why would you just not pick like if LA is picking, why would they just not pick the New York one yard line? And then New York isn't going to give LA the ball on their one to start the game. They're going to have to take the ball and potentially go 99. Maybe they'll, maybe there's a rule that, uh, 
yeah, maybe there's maybe there's a rule that you'd have to pick between the twenties, but the, the, just another layer of coaching, and it would make the coin flip because that's the complaint about the NFL. The team who wins the coin flip for overtime clearly has an advantage, e- even in the current rules where it can be even possessions. You still get the ball first. You might be able to score a touchdown to win. So this way, you you place the ball, and then the other team picks if they want it or they wanted to defend to try to get it back. We'll 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 see if that goes anywhere. I still think, and, and I'm I, I'm kind of surprised that the NFL has never decided to adopt this. I still think the shootout format that we see in NCAA football and in the CFL is a good overtime format. You still have to drive the ball. You still have to make plays. You can still win it on defense. Uh, yeah, it takes punting out of the game. It, it, it takes, a, I guess, the field position battle out of the game. But you still have to execute, and it guarantees an equal number of possessions. I mean, what do we have in the CFL? You start on the other team's 35 and then they have the added rule that you have to go for two when, you, even when you get a touchdown to make you know that a little harder than the extra point. And, and I've always thought that the shootout is perfectly fine for for football. But yeah, uh, Peter says, uh, Reed, I've heard this too, but with a thirty thirty rule. Okay, Peter, so you you couldn't pick inside the thirties. Interesting. Calgary has an early goal here, by the way, against Ottawa. Just watching the replay. Lucic got the puck, took it down the wing. Oh, no, that's not the goal. Here it is. It was. I can't see on the replay. My, my, I, if, if you expect me to pick off a screen, oh, it's Richie. Richie got the goal for Calgary. I was trying try to see it on the TV. 2.22 into the game, Calgary goes uh, off one. Uh, Doug says, how about a shootout for Major League Baseball? The games go too long. Well, are they keeping, are they not going to keep that a runner start, starts on second base this year, Doug? That like they did this year in extra innings. I'm gonna double check that. Uh, I th- I thought they were gonna keep it. Where if if a game goes to the. Yeah. Yeah, Major League Baseball, the return of seven inning doubleheaders and extra inning games to include a free runner on second base to start each inning. Yes, so they they are keeping that rule to speed up baseball games a little bit or to end them sooner, I suppose. Um, I mean, I, I really think of, of the four major professional sports in North America, I think since the NHL went to three-on-three overtime, that's the best regular season overtime. NBA, I, I feel like in the NBA, the last few seconds or the last minute of so of regulation time are exciting because one team is trying to win it or tie it to get it into overtime. And then overtime, I think, can be a little anticlimactic. They just play five minutes. It's kind of back to quote-unquote regular basketball. Maybe it's close again at the end. Baseball, you know, it's pretty much the same, but they're going to start with a runner on second base. Uh, I like the shootout in football better than what the NFL does, though it still kind of has a sudden death feel to it. But the three-on-three overtime, I think the three-on-three overtime is the best innovation that the NHL has made perhaps ever. It's the, you know, the NHL sometimes has been resistant to change. They had five-on-five overtime when I was a real little kid to date myself, they didn't have regular season overtime at all. Then they had five on five overtime for a long time. Then they had four on four overtime. Then they brought in the shootout. Now they have three on three in the shootout. The three on three is spectacular. Even if nobody scores, there's always action. The skill players get on the ice a lot. The goalies are tested and have to try to make great saves. I, I, now I feel that the three on three overtime is entertaining enough in the NHL that you don't really need a shootout after the fact. I would be fine with the game being tied. And I know, I, I guess ties are old fashioned, 
but it's entertaining enough that if you get 60 minutes and then if, if five minutes of back and forth, three on three, and it ends in a tie, I don't know. I'd be fine going home after that. It's quarter after seven. I'm happy to hear from you at 780-496-0063. Don't forget the Certainty Hotline, professional-grade building materials, pro all the way, Certainty. We'll take a quick timeout, Inside Sports on Chet. You're saying, didn't the old WHA bring in uh, overtime in the regular season? I, I believe the WHL, I don't think they had it in their entire existence, but I think for part of its existence, it had 10-minute regular season overtime. I'll have to uh, I'll have to look that up. But I think the World Hockey Association had, uh, had a 10-minute regular season overtime. But thank you to that texter for reminding me. Uh, Mark, I got your text. I'm not sure what you're referring to. I'm sure you've done something funny, but I, I don't know what it is. So you'll have to help me out. 780-496-0063. We have Max standing by. Max, I appreciate your call. Go ahead. Listen, I appreciate your program. I just thought I, and you're, you know, you and Rob are, are really insightful on, 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 on the team. And I'm, you know, I've been a long decades of fan. Um, now, what I just wanted to touch on, number one, um, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nuge are amazing talents. And uh, the only reason they're not being able to exhibit that talent is because uh, and and this isn't a knock on um, on uh, the general manager of, of the Oilers either. He's done a commendable job under difficult circumstances. But what what Toronto has done here that we have not been able to do for various circumstances is that they've been able to get you know uh, aging but absolute superstar players that have elite talent. But not only do, like, I'm talking about Thornton, Spezza. I'm talking about uh, Wayne Simmons up front, and we're talking Muzzin in the back and Brody. But these people still have incredible, uh, an incredible skill set. But more importantly, or equally important, they are able to guide, mentor, and psychologically and on the ice, uh, maintain the discipline of these players. So even though, and I agree with you, uh, uh, Reed, I don't think we have the talent, uh, even though they're trying hard and working hard, we do not have the skill set or the talent to match those kinds of players. In retrospect, I wish, even though, and I mean, uh, their, their young GM is a pretty shrewd character. I mean, he picked up Thornton, for minimum wage, yep. and he's phenomenal. Picked up Spezza for minimum wage, and 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 then he picked up Simmons as well, who not only is tough but again, good skills. They are not the players they used to be, but incredibly invaluable, and he, and still collectively have more skill than anyone on our third and fourth line. And this isn't a knock on our third and fourth line. They're working like dogs. 
but they don't have the experience. Haas is amazing. Uh, Archibald is amazing. I mean, they put out so so much. So when I look at this, I'm not. I don't want to be. I, I cannot be hard on poor McDavid, Drysital, Nuge, Yamamoto. Pours his heart out every single night up against guys that are like like you know. 30, 40 pounds heavier and bigger. So I'm impressed with what they've done. And I believe what you say is true, Reed. I don't think, I wish we had, and this is what uh, uh, the manager used to do in Detroit. He used to be able to pick up enough of a mix to bring along the incredible talents. And this is what has just been achieved in Toronto. Like, they used to fall apart and lose after they had a 5-1 uh, lead. They don't do that anymore because you've got Joe Thornton on one line. If, if Joe isn't around, they've got enough depth that they have Wayne the Train Simmons in right. there doing Max, that. And, Can I just jump in for a sec? Because I, I think I think you're making good points, and I'll leave I'll leave the line open. And and I think too, you know, Toronto sometimes does have an advantage because, as you and I know, a lot of people live down there, right? Which means a lot of people to... grow up. Elite, like, wasn't it Spezza who said he would retire if the, if he didn't? He was that not Spezza that said that's the only team he would sign with? Absolutely. Thornton grew up in really St. Thomas, Ontario. My late Aunt Ethel used to live in St. Thomas. She, she lived to almost 100. Uh, I, I've been in St. Thomas, and I've seen Joe Thornton signs in the windows. So that's the advantage the Leafs have. If they, they can build a do. good team with young players, those guys will go back there for a year or two shot at at the end of their career. There you go, and they're playing for next to nothing, and they're playing with their heart on their sleeve, and more importantly, Reed, they're guiding. When these players start to lose their nerve and they're falling apart, these guys psychologically stabilize them, and 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 they you you'll get a guy like uh, uh, Nylander, and and he will now have to toe the line because like if he's with Thornton or Spezza, these guys lead by example. So but so what do the Oilers do, Max? What, how, can, if the Oilers play him in a seven game series in may can they beat them how does it happen or do you think that's not oh, I, overly you know, realistic this I year don't really, like i i really sympathize with mcdavid dry nuge archibald and yamamoto they are like i i so much respect yamamoto like what he does is just out of this world considering his size I don't know if we could come up with somebody, but you know what they did is they picked up character players for next to nothing. The only guy that we have that has experience that went deep and won a, a cup, and he's very, he's very invaluable in, on the power play, is Chason, and and he's emotional and he's good in front of the net. But we needed guys, we need more guys like that that we can get on a budget and and and. And, you know, again, you know, Kenny has tried that. And, and you're right. They don't want to come to Edmonton. They, You know, Markstrom almost got the money in five years that he signed for in six years in Calgary. And he chose to go to Calgary. 
probably because he can go to Banff easily, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we are, I agree, Reed, we're at a disadvantage. Wanting players that want to be here, we had Ryan Smith because he wanted to be here. And, and you know, so these are, these are tough geographic issues. Joe went over there for 800 grand a year, 750 grand a year. Yeah. I mean, and he's good. He can still make plays. He, absolutely, and that's my point. But he can also guide these kids. You know, he can really guide. And in the and, and in and I'll tell you this: everybody was saying negative things about Smith. Smith is a fantastic leader, and we need that. You know, we can't expect these poor. Now they're incredibly talented. McDavid, Drysital, and and Nuge and Yamamoto to carry. Like they just focused on those guys, and they tied them up. That's yeah. what the Montreal Canadiens did to Bobby Hall and the Chicago Blackhawks in 1959 and 1960. Max, Max, I'm going to jump in here. I appreciate your passion, and I can tell you put a lot of thought into that into this phone call. So I, I appreciate it, and I, and I hope you can I hope you can check in again because you made a lot of good points. Uh, maybe together we can we can solve the team someday. Does that sound fair? Hopefully, if I think what's going to happen is we have to be patient because Kenny cannot change what he inherited overnight. And, and then maybe, maybe people will want to play with these talents like Dreisaitl, McDavid, etc. And that's my hope. And my hope is that we pick up some of these. Like, we, he tried with tourists. And this is my last comment. He tried with tourists, and it didn't work. Turris yeah. was a very good player, but he no longer, he doesn't lead. I don't believe he leads like a Thornton or a Spezza. These guys just play for passion now. And it, you're right, it's because they're from Ontario and they want to be home. Okay, I'll, I better okay. cut out here because I've said enough. <laughs> okay, I think. Hey, that, was, that was awesome, man. I appreciate it. That's Max, 780-496-0063 on the uh, Certainty uh, Hotline. Well, I mean, he, he is, well, let me, let me ask you everybody this. When was the last time? Well, when was the last time the Oilers brought in like a veteran player who could still really contribute in one area? You know, like does Smith count? I mean, I, I guess Smith, despite what happened in the playoffs last year, Smith had some pretty good runs during the, the regular season. But I can't remember the last time the Oilers signed somebody like Spets and Thornton, somebody who in the prime of their careers was the best or second best player on their teams and still had a lot of skill and then came to Edmonton and got to play in a depth role. And that's the, like Max said, that's the beauty of it for Toronto. They have those guys in depth role. So Joe, Joe Thornton doesn't have to play 23 minutes a night. You know, I, I can't remember what his ice time was. I'm sure it was under 20 minutes, but he doesn't have to be the guy. He can go out there and do his skilled thing and, and do his passing thing. And, and, and there you go. But Max put a lot of thought into that call, so uh, I appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Former D-man Mark, who was uh, in the running for the Norris Trophy in 1983, he finished 124th in voting, and he says, "I think the greatest rule change in sports was the adoption of the forward pass in football. Prior to that, football was more like rugby." Well, Mark and I, I heard you you attended some of those games that had the first forward pass. <laughs> Yeah, I, from what I've seen in hockey, three-on-three three overtime is the bee's knees. I, I, I think bringing in the three-point line in basketball was was huge, but we were talking about the proposal for a spot-and-choose format in NFL overtime where one team would pick the yard line the ball starts on and then the other team would pick whether to be on offense or defense. Okay. 
We, uh, oh, Oil Kings are up next. This will be good. Dylan Gunther, he's hot out of the gate for the Oil Kings. He's next on the show. I've heard of them. The Rangers up 6-1 on the Devils late in the third period. Also late in the third, Hurricanes lead the Red Wings 5-2. Calgary is up 3-1 on Ottawa with 5.25 left in the first period. The Maple Leafs uh, will play Vancouver at the top of the hour. The Jets beat the Canadians 4-3 in overtime. Drew N tied it late for the Habs, about a minute 24 to go. Dubois wins it 429 into the extra session. Islanders knock off the Sabres 5-2. Hall and Everly scored in that game. Hall's first goal in 19. We have the Blue Jackets and Stars scoreless in the second period. Panthers lead the Predators 3-1 late second period. Blackhawks up 2-0 on the Lightning late in the second period. Debrinkat with his 12th of the season. Flyers beat the Penguins 4-3. And Hurricane, uh, did I give this one already? Hurricanes lead the Red Wings uh, 5-2 late in the third. I might have given you that one already. Okay, the Edmonton Oil Kings play again tomorrow and Saturday. They're going to be taking on Medicine Hat. I am pleased to welcome top scorer for your Oil Kings. It is Dylan Gunther on the line. Dylan, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Hi, Reed. I'm great. How are you? I owe you an apology. I gave incorrect stats for you earlier in the show. I feel terrible. <laughs> That's all right. I said you had seven points. You have eight. I could have sworn earlier in the week uh, I thought you had seven. But was I wrong, or did you pick up an assist somewhere along the way? Yeah, no. Uh, one got changed there about midway through the week, I think. Okay, so I'm not I'm not losing my mind. Well, first of all, just tell me about this, Dylan. Last Friday, you line up against Lethbridge. They dropped the puck, and you're actually in a hockey game. How did that feel after that long wait? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was great. I mean, it's obviously a, a long wait and a long time coming up to this moment. And, uh, you know, we were all super excited to get out there and play again. So to, yeah, finally get back out in the game setting was, uh, was awesome and a great feeling. Yeah, well, and, you know, you're playing pretty well. Uh, you know, Kate Oliver is up there in points as well. You got Jake Neighbors uh, back from the St. Louis uh, taxi squad. He got uh, five points. Just tell me what's clicking for you guys offensively. Yeah, no, I think uh, we all bring something different to the table. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think we all work super hard. I think we've all worked hard uh, to get to this point. And there's obviously been a, an extended off season here the past 11 months. And I think... Uh, you know, the work that uh, we put in over that time kind of uh, kind of showed there in the first two showings. So we're looking to uh, keep it rolling here uh, tomorrow. Right. Uh, and you had Medicine Hat coming up. What was it like with no fans? I mean, I, we ask the NHL players that all the time. But, hey, the junior guys like having fans in the building too. What was it like for you? Yeah, I think it's different when you look up and you don't see, uh, you know, any people in the building. But... Uh, when when you're out there and playing, uh, you don't notice it a ton, at least for myself. I think, uh, you know, I was just super excited to get back out there and start, uh, you know, playing playing a game again. So I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't really notice it. But, uh, yeah, no, I think definitely uh, it's a lot quieter in the building. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, t- tell me a little bit about what you did to stay in shape. And I, you know, I imagine you're, you were still doing virtual schooling through all this too. So what, what were you doing to stay in hockey shape and plus take care of your other responsibilities in the fall? Yeah, there was uh, a lot of training that went on over these past 11 months and uh, a lot of uncertainty. So, I mean, when the rinks closed, uh, I think about November and December, I had to find ways to, uh, you know, to get better uh, while not skating at the outdoor rink. So I, I took advantage of that time and even uh, the gyms closed too. So I had to uh, continue to get stronger here at my house. But yeah, you know, every single day I got up and I just uh, had a mindset of of getting better and continue to uh, work on parts of my game. So I think I did a good job taking advantage of that time. Yeah, and for you, you've been able to live at home through all this, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, so you don't have to worry about going to another city to, to, to play in, which is pretty good. Were you, okay, I've kind of put you on the spot here, but you're going to have to get, get used to stupid questions from the media, Dylan, as you go through your hockey career, if you're not already. But, uh, like, all the Zoom stuff, I know Coach Lauer was trying to keep everybody engaged, but... Like, was that hard to be engaged and to feel part of the team when you were doing all those things? Um, I don't think hard to stay engaged. I think it was different just because you're not in the team setting and there's not as many guys, you know, talking out of place and stuff like that. But I definitely got uh, used to the to the online platform through school, and that was uh, what we've been using. So I think uh, I was used to the the zoom platform and communication but yeah it was definitely different seeing all the guys faces uh, over video rather than in person yeah well the guys are off and running uh what, what do you know about the tigers is it kind of hard to get a pre-scout on teams since there's so few games to look at yeah i think so i mean we played them a lot last year i think they uh they play with a lot of speed like us almost uh, a similar style and they're they're a good team so I think that'll be a, a good matchup uh, against uh, for us here. And, uh, you know, they did a good job against Red Deer. So, uh, yeah, I know we're excited to, to play them tomorrow. What are your expectations for the team this year? You guys were doing so great. The season got cut off. You go almost a year without playing. Should I think about this as a continuation of last year's team, or, or how would you put it? Yeah, no, I think we we just want to keep building off uh, what we did last year. I think uh, we're here to win win as many games as we can, and that's our goal. We're not uh, just because it's a shorter season; it doesn't mean we're gonna we're gonna let let off the gas. We're here to win uh, as many games possible, and we're gonna go out there and uh, yeah, do our best. Uh, you know, to try to win all twenty four games this year. How would you describe yourself as a player, and, and is there an NHL player that you think uh, you you kind of are similar to? Yeah, I think I'm uh, I'm an offensive player, and I think uh, I'm a smart player. I th- I uh, do a good job building speed uh, through the neutral zone and just finding uh, open ice, whether it be in the O zone to to create plays and uh, and score goals. I think a player I play like maybe is like Jeff Carter or uh, Claude Giroux. I think uh, I really like Carter's game. I think he's a big body and versatile. He can play in any position and, uh, yeah, play play anywhere in the lineup. And Drew's an offensive player who, uh, you know, he scores goals and, uh, yeah, he makes plays in the offensive zone. So I like those two guys. Uh, you know, obviously growing up in Edmonton and, and playing hockey, hockey a big part of your life. Uh, I'm just wondering, though, as uh, as a younger guy, any any athletes in any sport that you really looked up to? Uh, 
I mean, not. I think mostly hockey players. I think, uh, I don't know, Edmonton's a hockey city. I grew up playing hockey. I grew up watching hockey. And, uh, you know, just kind of my life was surrounded by that. So, I mean, watching the Oilers play is something I would always do. And, uh, I mean, it's obviously a treat to get to watch McDavid and, and Dreisaitl play every night. So those are, uh, yeah, two guys who I love watching. Okay. Uh, I'll throw a couple other ones here, Vatio. What's your favorite subject in school? Uh, I'm going to say math. I'm, that's my best subject. So, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy math. And what's, uh, what's your high school? Uh, St. FX. St. FX. Okay. Right. Oh, cause they got the Academy there too, right? Right. Yeah, they do. Okay, cool. All right. Well, I, I always enjoy talking to you. Uh, what now, maybe you don't think about this, but I'll ask you anyway, like you're, you're, you're projected to go in the first round in the draft whenever that turns out to be have you thought about like oh no like the season's going to be shorter like i might not get as enough chance to show my stuff like does that factor it at all or do you just not even worry about that no i don't worry about that but i know that the season is shorter and i'm gonna have to take advantage of uh, of every single game but you know i'm a firm believer in that if i go out there and play the right way and uh, stick to my game that uh, everything will fall into place. And uh, right now I'm just looking to continue to get better every single day. Well, you, you know what? Every time you've been on with me, you're on with Stoffer, you, you do better at interviews every single time. Is that just is that just repetition or have you done any media training? <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, I think that's just repetition and kind of getting used to it and a bit more comfortable uh, over the microphone, yeah. All right. Well, I've had a, I've had some of your teammates in to do uh, long segments of the show with me in the past. We can't do that now, but maybe maybe someday we'll get you in and with somebody and do 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 some extended chat on Inside Sports. Would you be up for McLeod and uh, uh, Connor? Uh, what was Connor's last name? McDonald. Mc, yeah, they, they came uh, in a few times. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> okay, so tomorrow you're at home, and then you get a you get a bus down to Medicine Hat first thing Saturday morning. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the plan. Okay. Well, we wish you all the best. This was fun to chat with you, Dylan. Continued success. Uh, I'll keep an eye on that point total. I'll have to check it daily in case the WHL sneaks another one in on me. All the best this year, man. I'm sure we'll talk again. Great. Thank you so much for having me. That is Dylan Gunther on the show, one of the top guns for your uh, Edmonton Oil Kings. That was fun. He's got a lot of energy. Why not? He's doing well. The team is good. They're uh, they're 2-0. and the WHL season is going. Uh, I guess we, I, if you heard me talking about Mark Lamb being on the show, it looks like we weren't able to connect with Mark, but the BC division is uh, is getting set to go as well. I'm not sure what they're going to do for the playoffs, but uh, but yeah, at least they're playing games. So that is, uh, is this another goal for Cal- uh, Calgary, Kellen? I kind of got the TV off to the side. Yeah, 4-1 yeah. for the Flames, 38 seconds left in the first period. So Calgary taking it to Ottawa tonight i want to catch up on a couple of messages i got about your edmonton oilers getting a lot of thoughts on uh, where they stand where they go after those three lopsided losses to the maple leafs you can also check in on the certainty hotline 780-496-0063 it's inside sports on chat you hear him but you won't see him this season Oscar Kleffbaum out for the year with the shoulder issue who knows how long he is going to be out for Oilers and Flames Saturday night Rogers play 630 face-off show game at 8 
get it all right here on 630 Chet. Colton writes in. Always love hearing from Colton. He says, hey, Reed, are the Leafs really that good or is the Canadian division just that bad? I personally think the Canadian division is average at best. Well, I do think the Leafs are good. Uh, I think the division is, uh, you know, okay. I think it's competitive. I, I think we got to give the Leafs credit, though. I mean, they're not first place with a 620 winning percentage. I mean, they're 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 winning almost every night. They got a they got a pretty good squad. Mark says, "Where do the Oilers go from here? I hope it's an upwards trajectory. Of course, they could continue to lay a bunch of eggs. I just don't think that's going to happen. Honestly, they've only got one way to go. Uh, they've hit rock bottom now. Here's to them lighting up their next opponent. Well, everybody would like to see them light up the flames again. Well, I shouldn't say everybody. Most people listening to this show. Everybody in the universe would like to see the Oilers beat the flames. It is a royal decree from the Galactic Senate." It's not a real thing, by the way. Don't look it up. Luke says, I think this will only help the Oilers going forward. Tippett and the team will figure it out. Connor and Leon, etc., will not let this define them. Remember, the Leafs are a top team in the whole league. That is from Luke, speaking of the Galactic Senate. And we got a uh, well-thought-of, uh, well-put-together email here from Victor. Victor, it's more like a letter you've written here. I would like to see your penmanship. Hey, read the... Uh, the Oilers could beat the Leafs regular season or playoffs by doing one key thing, playing extremely physical hockey. When the Leafs touch the puck, they need to be scared of getting hit. That will lead them to, uh, that will lead them to make quicker plays and rush plays, which leads to more turnovers and mistakes. It's why Toronto hasn't had much playoff success. Playoffs are more physical, and Oilers have the wrecking ball, Cassian, who has been sorely missed. Oilers can rely on skill, and play pond hockey and win the majority of regular season games, except against Toronto, who I consider the most offensively skilled team in the league. If they try to outskill Toronto, they'll lose eight out of 10. If they play hard nosed, physical borderline, dirty hockey, Boston style, they would have no problem beating Toronto. We have the guys to do it. Larson, nurse, Lagason, chase on Neil, Kara, Cassian, Archibald, et cetera, but they need to commit to it. Go Oilers go. That is from Victor who wants to see more aggression from the Oilers. Uh, well, I think there's some validity to that, Victor. I also think the, the Oilers did try to be physical at times in the three-game series, and the Leafs just, just don't bother with it. Now, maybe things would change if and when they, they get into a playoff series. Um you know, you know the, the certainly the the refereeing can change and some of those things like that. Uh, I also have a text here from Andrew who says, uh, uh, "I this division doesn't play as physical as other divisions. Only the Sens in the North seem to play with a real playoff edge. I wonder how all this will play out in the playoffs when the refs swallow the whistle. The Leafs are definitely dangerous, though. Another text coming in from uh, Andrew. Yeah, I, I mean... <sighs> Man, there's, there's a lot to talk about there because I, I do think the Oilers have... I don't know what word to... Like I was going to say the ability to be physical, but that's not... Like I, I think they, they have the wherewithal to be physical. I think they have the meat to be physical. One guy who can bring it didn't play. Um... You know, Archibald... Like Here's the thing. Archibald might be the most aggressive player on the team. But he's one of the smaller guys on the team. 
Colton just pulled a newborn calf. I shall name him Reed, says Colton. Oh, what an honor. <laughs> we got Neil on hold. Neil, I'm a little rattled. I just got a calf named after me, so I'm glad you called in to take over the airwaves. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't want you sweating that one out, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> love your program. Um, I hope the Oilers can uh, bounce back from this. I, I don't see a problem. Uh, I like that caller who had said they need to be a little more aggressive. I'm, I'm going back to the years of Philly with Dave Schultz, the hammer, and all those kind of guys, although that was pretty dirty hockey. But, you know, like he see, he was right. Uh, they gotta be, they've got to make the other team feel afraid to touch that puck because if they know they touch the puck, they're going to be in trouble. And that's what I think is, uh, is going to happen or would happen with the Oilers. It would get them up another level. What do you think, Reed? Well, I want to actually, Neil. I want to ask you a question first, and I, I, I don't. I, I'm sorry if I'm putting you on the spot, but I'm actually curious oh. to get your opinion. And if you don't know, you don't know. I'm not going to make fun of you. Okay. Why do you think the Oilers lost so many board battles against the Leafs? Because even Drysaddle pointed that out in his post game. Was that concentration? Was that not seizing the moment, or were the Leafs? Think, are they better yeah. along the wall? You know, I think they were already, the Oilers, every time they were going to take the puck, especially on the boards there, they were already thinking ahead too far rather than at the moment that where they got the puck. It would have been nice to see them just sort of set, get back, focus. But they were always seemed to be always on the uh, what's happening within the next five seconds rather than what's happening right now. That's mm-hmm. my opinion on that. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, what did you ask me again about the physicality? (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, Bobby Clark days and Dave Schultz, all those guys, they they were a terrible team until uh, Schultz came along. Well, uh, yeah, I I was born in 74, so I don't really remember the the prime of the Broad Street Bullies. Look, I think think physicality and – attempted intimidation and aggression will always be a part of hockey. I don't think fighting is always going to be a part of hockey, but I do think physical play is always going to be uh, a part of hockey. I just wonder, Victor, if, if the Leafs now know how to handle it because they've been embarrassed in the playoffs. We had Max, that caller, call in and say they brought in guys like Thornton and Spezza. That's what worries me about the Leafs is that if now you can try to go Boston on them and they can still stand up to you or know how to deal with it. That's, to well, me, what could make them dangerous. You know, that that's true. And Max really said a lot when he said that about getting the seasoned players coming back. And, you know, the guys with the experience and the know-how, uh, being able to settle the team down. And, and the Oilers right now are, are, you know, out of the bubble. They're just sort of like flying everywhere. And they, I think they just need to just get themselves focused in what they're doing at the moment that they got the puck. Neil, I got to run, buddy. Thank you very much for calling, okay? That was Neil wrapping up the show tonight. Uh, Just quickly checking the scoreboard. It is now uh, end of the first period, 4-1 for Calgary over Ottawa. Jets beat the Canadians 4-3 in overtime. Bob Stoffer has orders now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to Dave Campbell and Kellen Kennedy. Talk to you later. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.